Good to be back. Welcome to Forte Catholic. This is episode 30. I'm your host, Taylor Stroll, and I am back after a, a week layoff. I, I got laid off. I'm just kidding. I did not get laid off, but um, I was laid up in bed uh, last week with, with strep throat. It was not pretty, but I am back in full force with the help of my antibiotics in my backpack. Having a lot of fun with those. Um, getting better. So I am very excited to be back. I, like, Not only was I not on the air, I couldn't talk for seven days. And those of you that know me or have heard the show for more than about seven seconds, you know that I love the sound of my own voice. So it was a very rough week for me. Not only was I sick physically, but my mind and my spirit and my soul were just suffering because I had so much knowledge and goodness to let out of this mouth of mine. And I just couldn't do it. So here I am with all of it bottled up. And I'm ready for a great show today. We have a great show planned for you. I am in the studio with with our uh, ever-friendly, ever-beautiful, ever-cunning producer, Jake Blazek. He is here today. Um, Sam Shepard is also here. And uh, a man that I cannot name for contractual reasons. I'm just kidding. Kyle Turner is here, who has been on the show as well. So we are going to have some fun today. The first segment, I have some announcements to make. Um, some that are that are uh, pertaining to the show, some pertaining to my personal life. And then we'll talk about um, about what's going on in my personal life and what that has to do with um, the scriptures and with faith. So in the second segment, I will be joined by Sarah Vabulous, who I'm very excited to talk to. She is the Catholic drinky. So we'll be talking about Catholicism and alcohol and podcasts and what the heck those like. Not many people can put all those three things together. Her and I can. She does it a little bit better than me. But, you know, like the, the, the song, was it from Mary Poppins? These are a few of my favorite things. Is that Mary Poppins? Sound of Music, same thing. It's a lady that sings. Um, I'm, sure it, I'm sure it rained in, in, uh, in Mary Poppins and, and Sound of Music. So they both had. They, they, is it is Julie Andrews? The same person? That's, see, I, I knew I was on to something. I knew I was on to something. Thank you, unnamed person talking to me on the microphone. Um. So yeah, we start we start talking about Mary Poppins for some reason. So let, let's get let's get back on track, shall we? So uh, what track were we on? Speaking of track, um, I'm back. The state track meet was this last weekend. That was a perfect segue. Uh, so many of you know that I uh, that I coach track at St. Joseph's uh, Catholic School here in Bryan, and we had the the greatest season in St. Joseph's history. The school has been around for 121 years. Think about that. Where were you 121 years ago? There's one person listening that's like, well, I was just bald. <laughs> and no, she's not because, well, I mean, I think the average age of Catholic radio, sh- radio listeners are about 121. So, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> she's definitely not listening on the podcast. She does not know how to podcast. So th- this, this, is a, this is a wreck. <laughs> I'm out of practice from last week. The track, pre- the track team. So that's where we were. St. Joseph's Catholic School has been around for 121 years. The track team has never ever, ever won the district meet in track in 121 years. Now, I say that, and it's kind of not fair to say that because we've only had sports for about 20. <laughs> but, but still, in 20 years, boys or girls, we've never won the team district track meet. We did that this season. Boys and girls won. Both of our teams were, were the runners-up at the regional track meet in San Antonio. That was two weekends ago. And uh, that was just a lot of fun. And we had... Let's see, I think six guys make it to state and about around the same number of girls, six, seven, eight, something like that. Uh, So we were at the state meet in Waco on Friday and Saturday. So much fun. We had we had some injuries that we had to deal with. And uh, I've I've never, you know, you you typically pray for the same things, right? You pray for your 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 health, your well-being, your family, your loved ones, um, like because you're a heathen and you need forgiveness and mercy, like all, all of these things. Right. Those are the typical things to pray for. I've only prayed for a hamstring during two times in my life. I blew out my hamstring in track when I was a senior, and I wanted it to heal, so I prayed for my hamstring for like a month. It's an odd thing to pray for. Um, That was about 10 years ago. I started praying for a hamstring again this last weekend because one of our uh, the kid was actually the fastest kid in the state. He should have won state in the 100, the 200, and he probably would have gotten a medal on our 4 by one team as well. Blew out his hamstring, so I prayed for a hamstring for, for, for two days straight. And uh, the Lord heard me, 
and decided better luck next year, Taylor. (laughs) So yeah, it was kind of a rough weekend, but rough weekend, but putting in the context of the whole season, we sent six boys to state. We got nine medals. We got, we got, we got bronze medals in the four by one, the uh, four by 100 meter relay. And in the four by 200 meter relay as well, uh, Jake, our producer, his little brother is actually on on the team and got got a couple of medals there. And then we had the guy a guy win. Uh, John Niver won a silver medal in the 100 meter dash. So it was a, it was a good weekend. And uh, Roxanne Fernandez, we can't leave out the girls. I coach the guys. We, we can't leave out the girls. She's the first person in St. Joseph's history to ever win a gold medal at state. She won it in the triple jump. So congratulations to um, those those uh, who were on the team. I know a couple of them listen, and a couple of them are tired of hearing me yell at them at track practice, so they don't listen. Um, so, but that's done. But the the next big announcement I have to make today, some of you heard um, on social media yesterday, but uh, I actually had to laugh because a few weeks ago, maybe even a month ago now, we had Dean Willett on the show, and he was talking about about fatherhood and parenthood and uh, being a man of God. And during the interview, he accidentally let it slip. That him and his wife, like that, his wife was pregnant, right? That they were going to have another baby. He like announced that on he right here on Forte Catholic. The first time he told anybody publicly was right here on Forte Catholic. So it was just kind of funny. He's like, "Well, I guess I have to tell my employer now," because <laughs> I was like, "I mean, I could edit that out of the podcast." He's like, "Ah, no, it's it's fine. I guess I'll it'll just push me forward to doing it." But if you haven't figured it out yet, that's that's the announcement. My wife is pregnant, so we are having a. Uh, Thanks, Jake. That ended really abruptly. It's like, ah, never mind. <laughs> but we are having another baby girl uh, in October. So my wife, <laughs> that, that's that's exactly what it's going to sound like for the first uh, uh, 18 years. <laughs> but uh, no, we're, we're really excited. We're really excited to be having another baby. We had our our first two are uh, 21 months apart. So these uh, are two are now two daughters. Maggie's uh, turned two in January. So they're going to be a little over two years apart. So we're, we're really excited to ha- be having this, uh, this next girl. Um, I'm going to let you, the listener, decide the baby's name. I'm just kidding. My wife would absolutely kill me. That's not going to happen. We'll just have a vote on Twitter. <laughs> a ministry madness bracket of, of, uh, of baby names. We might we might do that for fun, but uh, I will say very clearly that... that uh, I was going to say I have the last word, but it's really my wife that has the last word. Well, you know, last time that happened, they named a boat Bodie McBoatface. Bodie McBoatface. We could do that for your daughter. (laughs) Bodie McBoatface role. She would not get made fun of at all in school. Absolutely not. Um so yeah, we're we're really excited about this, and I I wanted to take this opportunity to to look into some of the scripture verses about having having children and the blessing that children are. Because so often, not many listeners of this podcast would ask this question, but so so often people outside of Catholic cir- circles or even even after that outside of Christian circles are like, wait, you're having another kid? <laughs> Didn't you just have one, you know, like four days ago? It's like, no, it wasn't four days ago, but like two years ago, right? So like for, for some people, for the um, outside of the world of faith, having three kids in your first five years of marriage, like that's a lot to a lot of people, right? And just looking at this Catholic the this Catholic worldview, this Catholic view of what children are, comes from the scriptures. That um, so we're going to look first at uh, Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-eight, and it says, "And God blessed them, talking about Adam and Eve, right? And God said to them, "Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish and the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on earth." So the first thing I want to start this off is is like God told us to do this, right? And I will never, ever, ever, personally, be able to have dominion over all the fish of the sea, over all the birds of the heaven, over all living things that move on earth. I, I can't do that. Um, that's a very hard thing for God to ask me to. So of all the things that God has asked me there, I'm going to at least do one of them. I'm going to be fruitful and multiply because that's what I can do, right? So um, that's the first thing is like this is a, a calling that God has, right? And we... Like you all know that I've been in ministry for about almost 10 years now. And one of the biggest things I like that a minister is supposed to do is to bring people to God 
and then to cultivate their relationship with God, to help people grow in their faith, right? And the, and the biggest joke in the Catholic world is like, what's the biggest, the, the best, and uh, the best way? I'm not going to say the whole quote because sometimes it gets, it might get me in trouble for saying it on the air. But the the best and fastest way, I'll let you think about that. The best and fastest way to make new disciples is to have children, right? So it, I'm very honored, and it's also like eye opening for me because so often uh, people in ministry get so focused on the ministry that they're doing, like my ministry to youth ministers or to speaking to kids or these, these kind of things where it's like, okay, we can go out and try to quote unquote, save all these kids. And so many people forget their mission at home. Right. And, uh, Adam Minahan, who was on and, uh, the, the guys from uh, the Catholic man show talked about that. Dean Ouellette talked about that, how so many men get caught up in their jobs. So whether it's a secular job or it's a job in ministry, put so much effort and energy into like in ministry to, helping other kids and you forget about your first vocation of being a husband and a and a father or if it's a woman a wife and a and a and a mother that's that's how that works i was uh struggling there for a second but that's the first thing god asked us to do this right the second thing is um in psalms chapter 127 and 128 there's two that are there it's uh, the in psalm 127 3 through 5 it says behold children are a heritage from the lord the fruit of the womb is a reward. Uh, it's not fruit of the loom. Not the, not, that's not a reward when you get uh, whitey tidies for Christmas from your grandma. Not a reward. But the fruit of the womb, children, are a reward from the Lord. And this is my favorite part. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the, children's, are the children of one's youth. Blessed is, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at the gate. So the, before having kids, I always liked the idea. I focused on the warrior part, right? Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Like, yeah, I'm going to be a warrior with children as arrows. And then like after having kids, I realized that's, that, that imagery is probably because I throw them a lot. You know, like you throw, toss your kids up just like an arrow and hopefully it doesn't come back and hit you in the foot just like an actual arrow, right? Um, blesses the man who fills his quiver with them, right? If you're going to be an archer. I almost said arrowman, but if you're going to be an archer and you're going to go into battle, you don't want to go in with one arrow. Like that's going to be a very difficult battle unless it's a one-on-one bow and arrow battle, which has never happened in history. I don't believe. Um, if you want to correct me, you can send all your hate mail to, I don't care at fortecatholic.com. Um, <laughs> somebody's going to do that. And I'm going to get an error message. Like somebody tried to send this email to you, um, but filling your quiver. So I'm like now I have three arrows, like two and a half arrows. <laughs> like I have three arrows in my quiver, right? And the part that never really sunk in until actually today when I was preparing for this, it's like, why should we be filling our, our quivers with arrows? It says, because this person, the man who has these children, will not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. It's because I'm going to squad up with my kids. So when I walk up against my enemies, I'm going to have my three kids right behind me. They're going to be like, what's up? Don't mess with my daddy or we'll shoot ourselves at you with because we're arrows and he's not the bow, but he's the man. I don't know who the who the quiver is. Maybe it's my wife because the arrows come out of the quiver. This is getting really weird, uh, but let's let's move on to the next psalm. Let's let's get out of Taylor, Taylor speak and into into God speak. Uh, so it says, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your home. So I, I love this because it talks, and then it, it continues to talk, your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Um, behold, thus shall the man be blessed who, who fears the Lord. So that through the family is how the man is blessed, right? So that the wife is a fruitful vine. So like you think about Jesus as being the, the, the vine and we are the branches. Like what does that imagery mean? So that's, that's where we get our life from. So, like, where I get my life is, is from Jesus, my life and my vitality, right? But in, like, the human sense and even in, like, my vocational sense, where I'm going to derive my, my vitality, my energy, my, my um, sense of myself and love is from God revealing himself to me through my family. Uh, it says, the Lord will bless you from Zion. May you see prosperity, the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. I don't know what that means for me. I don't know what the prosperity of Jerusalem means for me in my everyday life. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe I'll go visit there sometime and see what God's talking about. Uh, and then the last one I want to talk about is Proverbs 
22, verse 6. It says, train up the child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So like this, this great call of parents, this great responsibility of parents to be the the disciple makers of their children, to be the people who are leading their children to Christ. So I'm just really thankful for this this great opportunity. Like uh, Jake played earlier, the the crying baby. Like through all the crying baby, uh, all, all those all those nights where I don't sleep. Uh, I love having kids. I love my two kids. We got to spend a lot of time together this past weekend. Uh, it's just so much fun. And like actually, like when I went home today, I forgot I forgot to take my antibiotic this morning, so I drove back to my house. And it like confused Maggie, my 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 little two year old. She's like, "Oh, you're home for the day." I'm like, no, like I just left like thirty minutes ago, right? And then like my wife sent me a picture of her just like bawling, crying when I left, and I felt terrible. So then I FaceTimed her. The miracles of modern technology. I FaceTimed her, and she went from like not crying to like happy and giddy, and like, "I love you, Daddy." And then we hung up, and she was fine. It's like those moments. Um, there was a moment last week when I was. On Tuesday, when it was like the worst day of my strep throat, like the day I was supposed to come on the day, on the radio, and I was laying in bed, like ha- you know half asleep, not feeling well, and a lot of pain, like taking painkillers, all this stuff. I was watching a video on my iPad, and Maggie came in, was like Dada, and she, she just like put her arms up to like come on the bed. She came and laid with me. She laid on my shoulder. She wa- started watching the iPad, and then I looked down at her, and immediately she was asleep. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to sleep now. And like we just slept together for two hours and it was just it's just amazing so the last announcement that i have to have to go that goes along with this announcement of having kids is uh, about the podcast so good news is the podcast forte catholic it can now be found on google play um so i think like 80 to 90 percent of people that listen to podcasts do it on like apple's podcast app right but if you are uh, a loser and use android womp womp, there goes all my ratings right uh, if you're a loser and use an android it's on google play now um if you're a, a hipster and you like stitcher it's on stitcher now as well and then the show is actually on patreon as well so uh, if you go to www.patreon.com slash forte catholic f-o-r-t-e catholic uh, you can find our Patreon page, and I uh, a lot of podcasters are using this. It's a way to build community with the like the person who makes the podcast and the people who listen. And it's also a great way that you can share your love and and your support for the show. This show takes takes time, it takes energy, and it takes money. Uh, so there's a way to financially support the show. And with the baby coming around the way, I need every every extra little penny that I can get. So uh, if you want to go check that out, there are great rewards that you get, extra content that you get from uh, joining from doing that. Uh, join in the Patreon group. So uh, go check that out. We'll talk about it more at some other time. But uh, yeah, we will be right back with the Catholic drinky, Sarah Fabulous. So stay tuned. second segment of Forte Catholic for the evening. I am very excited about our next guest. And uh, if you haven't figured it out, a lot of our best guests happen on the on the 10s. At, on the 10th episode, we had Jimmy Aiken. We had another big guest at 20. And now we've got a very big guest on the on 30. So uh, Sarah Vabulous is here um, joining us from Georgia. Sarah, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Taylor. Thanks for having me on. You guys are in Texas, right? Yeah, we sure are. We're right smack dab in the middle of Texas in Bryan College Station, where the Aggies are. So oh, I, nice. How close are you to University of Georgia? Um, I don't know, like an hour and a half or so. Okay, so we got a good little rivalry going on. We got the Aggies over there, and over here, and the Bulldogs over there. So, um, oh no, I am no Georgia fan, my friend. At a girl, at a girl. So wait, <laughs> so where does your allegiance lie? Notre Dame. Oh, okay, that's fine. I, I guess it's the typical Catholic thing to do. That's so. where I went to college, man. Oh, no way. What'd you study there? Uh, communications. Oh, so you're going to take over my show, is what you're saying. <laughs> Pretty much. No, I'm just kidding. You got you got different skills. That's what The great thing about us Catholics is we all got something different to offer. Yeah, she, she, that's the very... I'm going to start using that because that's not really a compliment. You have different skills. <laughs> like, you can walk in a straight line for longer than I can. Like. <laughs> So, well, you know, that might be good, though, in certain circumstances, especially with what we're talking about tonight. We're talking yep. about Catholicism <laughs> and drinking. So you are the Catholic drinky. Uh, so why don't you give us a little uh, if you were stuck in an elevator with a random citizen that was asking about um, 
who you are, because that wouldn't be creepy at all. Uh, what would you tell them? Who is the Catholic drinky? I'm just a, a Catholic young adult that is searching for ways to teach others um, about the great, great life of being a Catholic. Um, and I, I chose alcohol, funny enough, as a way to, to meet people. Um, you know, most of us that are in our 20s and our 30s, we're in a place where we like to have a good drink. You know, it's it's something that is more accepted, I feel like, um, among our um, our age group than necessarily some, some of the older ones. But it's a good way to get in touch with people, meet people where they're at, especially with the craft beer boom um, that really the whole United States of America has been um, experiencing. And so um, I got started by going out to um, the local pub that I could just walk to a couple nights a week. And would just sit next to folks and have a good conversation with them. Um, sometimes they'd order a bad beer, so I would suggest a good beer for them to drink. And then from there, we'd enter into conversation. And it always ends up to, uh, the ability for me to talk about God. Uh, because they love to ask me, how do you know so much about beer? I tell them I'm a beer blogger. And then I really shock them when I tell them my website and my book. So it's just <laughs> a lot of fun. They're like, wait, yeah, no, no, it's confirmed. Those Catholics are crazy, right? So <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, I was listening to you um, um, talking to the Michael Michael Gormley from the Catching Foxes podcast, and uh, you you were talking about the the craft beers and how you always tell people whenever they pick a bad beer, like you wouldn't li- like I you were yelling at Gorm- at Gomer for drinking. I think it was a Miller Lite. Um, yeah, that's his favorite. I, I'm shaking my head right now as I'm ta- saying this to you, like Gomer. Yeah. But he's an old friend, so you know I I I prod him about those things. <laughs> So, yeah, I was listening, and at, f- at first I felt a little judged because I was like, I'm not a big beer guy. I'm more of an alcohol person. And you were like, even though I'm the Catholic drinky, actually, in, the, in pretty recently, you've been moving over more to liquor. And I'm like, okay, now yeah. now we're talking. So you started talking about some of your some of your craft drinks. I'm like, that's the kind of stuff I'd like. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I, I guess around about three years ago, around when I turned 30, for some reason, my taste buds changed a little bit. Um, and I'm more into wine and, uh, you know, really nice cocktails these days. Um, fine by me, you know, especially as I, I get older, you know, I'm collecting more girlfriends than guy friends. I used to have more guy friends, but you know, as you get, as folks get married, uh, you, you can't really be as good of friends with your guys anymore. And so, uh, whenever I have my girlfriends over, we just drink a lot of wine. Um, so that's been a lot of fun, but craft cocktails are absolutely, I think, um, really a lot of fun to do. Um, and what I really like to do is, is create cocktails for other people. Uh, if they tell me a a couple of things flavor wise that they like, I come up with a recipe, give it to them and, and then hopefully they test it out and like it. So, um, I have the pleasure of being a recurring guest on, um, the Jennifer Fulweiler show on Sirius XM. And that's something I do for her, um, at least once a quarter is come up with a drink so that she can share it with all of her listeners so do you do this on the fly or do you like go home and do some research before you give her her answer uh i just pretty much make it up so i send it to her and hope for the best i've had enough alcohol that i kind of know what works (laughs) and what doesn't work all right we're gonna we're gonna test this out are you you up to the challenge of making a mixed drink for me sure why not let's try it all right so i i am a true son of texas so my i love i love whiskey and i love tequila So oh, uh, my, my okay, <laughs> those are very hard to mix. So let's yes. let's just tr- let's go. Let's I was go. like, you don't want them together, no, right? A- ab- that that sounds absolutely terrible. Uh, um, <laughs> so let's go down one of those avenues. What's what's your favorite drink on uh, either either a whiskey whiskey drink or tequila drink? So you know, I can't remember what it's called, uh, and so I just pardon me. But about a year ago, I had a drink here at um, like a Spanish style. Tapas. I'm going to overemphasize that tapas bar. Um, and so, um, it had mezcal and tequila in it and a little bit of egg white. And I want to say it was one of their bartenders who made it up, but it was literally one of the best things I've ever had. And it also had a little bit of lime in it. So anything with egg white and lime, um, you could do with tequila and mezcal and you could call it a day. Really, really good stuff. Um, and then for a whiskey, I'm more of a bourbon drinker when it comes to the whiskey world. Um, and I would just go with an old fashioned. That's my, that's my yeah. favorite. It's my go-to. That's, that's where we're going to have our, our, our biggest uh, agreement. I love old-fashioned um the the worldwide bitters crisis a few years ago just really hurt my heart a little bit but i'm I'm glad i'm glad i'm glad the bitters farmers wherever the heck they are are doing their job again congratulations to them for getting their livelihood back 
Um, the egg white thing. All of us, I have to say, all of us in the in the studio were just like, "Wait, really? Putting the egg whites in a drink?" Whoa, whoa, whoa! You guys have never had egg white in a mixed drink, man. No. One of the most classic cocktails that you can make is called a gin fizz, and it has egg white in it. Seriously, if you guys have never heard of putting egg whites in cocktails, um, it is very much a a flip back to the 1920s and the speakeasy craze. Um, very popular back then and has really uh, reemerged now. Um, it's just really nice. It gives it some foam to the drink, um, which is just really fascinating. And then I also consider it a health drink because it's got protein. Oh, yeah. Very healthy. Very good for you. Uh, what, what we might do is the crew of us here in the studio, we might go to a we might go try this out together tonight, maybe after the show, maybe um, mainly because I don't want to like I've never seen anyone do this. So I want to go to a bar and I don't want to be alone when I ask for a drink with egg whites in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it needs to be at a nicer restaurant. They tend to be, you know, one of their craft cocktails that they'll make versus going into, I don't know, your neighborhood bar and grill, they'll probably think you're nuts. That makes a lot of sense. Like that's why I think that I think we just figured out why this doesn't make sense to me because I don't go to fancy restaurants. If you've met me, uh-huh. those me and fancy restaurants do not mix. So, well, um, if you find yourself in Atlanta, my treat the uh, the the best gin fizz in the entire world is made at a restaurant right here in Atlanta. So, well, cool. So we 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 wanted to talk to you about about your ministry, about the podcast that you do, and about your book. Um, when I when I heard the name of your book, I immediately thought of somebody locally. Um, the name of your book is The Catholic Drinkies Guide to Homebrewed Evangelization. And right when I saw homebrewed, I thought of someone who I've actually talked to uh, recently who said he's a friend of yours. Father Ryan Higdon actually has a show on this radio radio network as well. And he says that y'all actually know each other and he does his homebrews as well. So he's our he's our uh, he's our local hipster. I think he actually won uh, your friend Tommy Ty's Catholic hipster yes. like priest of the year priest or something. Co- yeah. yeah. I love Father Ryan. I think he is he is just fantastic and yes, I consider him a very dear friend. So uh, we love to to text and talk about booze and uh, I was on the inn when it came out um, about him brewing some beer with one of the local breweries. Yeah. Uh, he hit me up uh, to talk through some of the recipes and all that. So um, just a lot of fun. He's a great guy. Um, you guys are super lucky to have him locally. And uh, yeah, you know, he's written a couple things for my blog um, when he visited a brewery and, uh, you know, priests like that are just such an inspiration to me um, because I think that my ministry as a female is a, is a little people kind of cock their heads to the side a little and go, wait, you're a girl and you homebrew. Um, whereas <laughs> I think it's even weirder when they find out that priests homebrew. So we're sort of like two peas in a pod there. Um, but it's just been great. You know, I've met, been blessed in so many ways by meeting a lot of priests who also homebrew um, ever since my book came out about two years ago. And uh, and it's just really a nice way to build community. And um, I think it's awesome when priests do it because it's a great opportunity for them to invite um, anybody in the parish of any age to come over and learn how to do something. And because the brewing process is three to four hours long, you naturally have to enter into good conversation else you'll be super duper bored. Uh, and it's just a great opportunity to evangelize. Um, talk about where people are in their lives um, and get a sense of um, how you, especially as a priest, how priests can uh, do some better ministry within their parish. Or uh, in my case, when I've had people over, we just have good conversations about what they feel is missing in their lives ministry wise. Let's dive into your book in our last uh, five, six minutes together. What, what made you want to be the Catholic drinky? What what made you write this book? And the most important question of the day, how does being a drinky, how does alcohol and Catholicism evangelization mix? Great questions. So why I'm the Catholic drinky, it's actually um, a very funny story. Um, back in 2010, I was at a, a conference in Boston, uh, the Catholic New Media Conference. Uh, Lino Rulli happened to be there, who's a dear friend Love of mine. Love that guy. Um, yeah, he's he's super great. And, uh, you know, some other really great folks that were, um, you know, seven years ago, really on the forefront of Catholic media. And so we were there um, and Lino, we were out drinking one night, of course, because Lino loves to do that. And he orders um, this terrible, terrible drink. And I look at him and I'm like, dude, you can do better than that. Um, and so we I got him a different drink and he's like, all right, so you're here, but you don't actually have a blog or anything. What's up with that? Um, you should you should do an alcohol and Catholicism blog. 
dog. And I just told him, oh, ha, ha you're funny. Uh, and kind of wrote it off. Um, but the next morning, uh, got up, we went to uh, the conference and they did their kickoff um, for the day. And they made fun of some other bloggers that were out there. Um, one was called Catholic Foodie. And so Jeff Young, um, he's in New Orleans and, and he's awesome. Jeff um, has a blog and a podcast and a book as well. Um, and so they made jokes that, hey, we've got the Catholic Foodie podcast, but heck, we'd never support a Catholic Drinky podcast. <laughs> um, so I decided to create the Catholic Drinky uh, and, and run with spite. it. And so it's just been, yeah, pretty much out of spite, you know. But as soon as they said it, I was like, you know, this is God just making this name for me. It just makes it so easy. So I just decided to do this thing um, and have just had a great ride ever since. And yeah, I wrote the book. It was published two years ago. Um, I signed the contract about three years ago with Ligori Publications. They came to me. Um, they were looking to add some uh, younger folks uh, to to their lineup of books and, and find some ways to really minister to both Catholics and non-Catholics, um, particularly um, of the young adult age group, uh, and asked me to write a book for them. Um, I thought it was a great idea. And so it took me about six months to write it and turned it in. And, you know, six months later, it came out. So it's just been a lot, a lot of fun. You know, I've had the pleasure of going on um, some trips to go talk to other people. Like uh, Wyoming had me out about a year ago to talk to them about the book. The and, whole state uh, invited you. That's impressive. Yeah, I know. It's great. Well, they only have two. They have one diocese there. So I did the wow. uh, eastern part of the state. I did three talks. Um all over the state. And so it was just um, a lot of fun. Got to meet the bishop who, who just got appointed somewhere else. And um, so just really neat to meet all these folks, learn about what drives them in life um, and what Jesus is doing for them. And, you know, hopefully I'm doing an okay job spreading his word as well. Yeah, no, I, I uh, whenever we started talking about, I've been following your your show, uh, especially your Catholic Hipster podcast, where you and Tommy Ty uh, do that together. Then because of hearing you on that i heard about the catholic drinky podcast um and then i heard about your book and i actually just bought it um i i got it on amazon the other day i read the the foreword by lino ruli and i read the first chapter um so other than amazon where can people find your book you know if you want to order it directly from me um you can uh and then i'll autograph it and mail it to you so you can go to catholicdrinky.com to buy the book um but you can also pretty much order it uh anywhere directly through Licori on amazon but order from me i'll also send you free koozies Free koozie. I, I feel like I feel so you like can't I, beat a free, yeah, I can't beat a free koozie. I feel like I didn't get I, I bought it on Kindle and it wasn't signed and I didn't get a koozie. So I kind of feel like I was shorted, Sarah. Well, I'll tell you what, Taylor, just send me your your mailing address and I'll send you some koozies. There you go. We did it. We just became friends. It happened. You heard it right here on Forte Catholic with Sarah Fabulous. <laughs> um, so speaking of the podcast, so we uh, we mentioned that you are on these two podcasts. Why do you like this media? Like books is kind of old media. I mean, we get into Kindle, we get into Audible, that sort of thing. That's newer. But uh, why do you like podcasting? Oh, man, because people actually listen to me talk for an hour every other week. Um, I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoy just interviewing Catholics. Graduated college, newspaper world was dying, so I decided to go into politics. Um, crazy me. But uh, <laughs> I, I just love interviewing people, and I think that's my favorite part. And just getting to know other people, what they're doing, what they're passionate about, um, and because I just love people, and I think that's just it. I don't care if we get one download. It's really, really just more meeting these people and having a great time and uh, learning about Jesus along the way. Yeah, it, I totally get what you mean. That the the interviews are my favorite parts of this radio show of this podcast as well because I get to to meet great people like you and then um, it makes me feel more important because I get to meet all these famous people like you that have you know (laughs) 17,000 more followers than I do on Twitter so um, yeah so speaking of podcasting thank you for coming on this radio show thanks for coming on the podcast Um, blessings to you and and all that you're doing Um, I know you're starting to do jobs soon so um, if you're listening pray for her in that transition Um, and go check her out go check out her, her podcast check her out on on twitter check her out on uh go and go buy her book help her out so uh sarah thanks for coming on i really appreciate your time thank you guys this was uh, a true pleasure and uh i hope to talk to you soon yeah will do we'll tell father ryan hi for you thank you please do all right well th- the guys uh thank you for listening to the second segment uh again sarah thanks for coming on uh we really I- enjoyed all that you have i love talking about 
alcohol. I love talking about God, and I love podcasts. So being able to do all of those at the same time was just an absolute pleasure. So, guys, we'll be right back with our third segment of the show. We're going to be playing a game with Sam and Kyle here in the studio um, about signs and wonders, some Bible trivia. So stay tuned. We will be right back. You always know it's a good segment when producer Jake looks at me and says, that was actually good, (laughs) because sometimes he doesn't listen to the show very much, even though he's sitting right in front of me. But uh, yeah, he loves Sarah, fabulous. So uh, Sarah, thanks for coming on the show. That was way too much fun. So in this last segment, what we're going to be doing is talking about signs and wonders. Uh, Mr. Bob Rice came into into town a couple weeks ago and really uh, convicted me on something about signs and wonders. So I'm going to leave it kind of ambiguous for now. And we're gonna kick we're gonna kick off this segment by playing a game with uh, two people here here in the uh, here in the studio with me. Uh, they have no idea what game they're about to play. No idea. So bef- before we get into the game, I want each of you in about fifteen seconds each to explain why you're going to win the game. Look, I'm gonna win the game because of heart. I got it. Sam doesn't. I'm. First place, baby. Thank, thank you so much. It kind of sounds like you're struggling, so I'm not struggling I know either. that I'm going How to win. You? I don't even need 15 seconds. I'm you? going to win. How dare you? Yeah, Sam totally won that first round. Um, Boom, baby! First of all, because you said she didn't have a heart, and then she spoke. It's really hard to talk <laughs> when you don't have a heart. Um, That's true. That is true. I do so uh, this, the kind of premise of this Signs and Wonders things is that in the Bible, in the world of God, not, a, not, not the other world, the world of God, so all of them, um, there are signs and wonders there are miracles there are big uh things that happen that are just this is definitely not something that is natural this is something that is huge right so i was looking in the old testament and i was thinking okay where are some of the signs and wonders in the old testament where are some of these miraculous things right and so i got to thinking about this story of of when the israelites are, are enslaved in egypt right so they are enslaved in egypt and they get this man who could barely speak. He stuttered. And he, they went to him. God went to him, talked to him through a burning bush. So, like, that's a sign and a wonder, right? right. This is mm-hmm. a sign that God is real. He's talking to me through a bush. And this is very wonderful. This is a big thing where you look at it and you're, at, you're awestruck, right? Mm-hmm. right? You're tracking? Like, way before hardcore drugs. Like, there's nothing that can explain it. Yeah, absolutely not. Yep. Um, I don't think that was the explanation in my Bible concordance. <laughs> so thank you for that, uh, heathen. Oh, yeah. Um, there's confession uh, actually going on downstairs. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also going to call Philot Ryan and <laughs> <laughs> see what he's doing. Yeah, he's referencing something that you didn't hear off the air. Way to go, Fantastic Radio. Um, so uh, <laughs> now he's mad at me and he just walked. I'm just kidding. He didn't walk out. So Moses goes and God says... Um, Tell the Pharaoh to let my people go. So Moses is like, well, I don't want to tell him. I, I just, just stutter. So just like I just stutter on the radio and I have to edit it out on the podcast so that you can't hear it. Uh, so I can make myself sound smarter than I actually am. Uh, I love radio so much. So he, go, he ends up, God convinces him to do it because God always wins, right? And he, he goes up to Pharaoh and he says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no. No. Congratulations, you both get one point. You're you're nice. you're, you're on. You're it's it is one to one right. Now. All right. I'm gonna go ahead and, and start this uh this scoring. Sam has one point. Kyle has half a point. Whoa, I'm, whoa, hey! I'm, I'm just kidding. Kyle okay. gets one point. That's right. No, he has half a point for making that stupid reference. Oh earlier. my god! You have gosh. half a point. Okay. <laughs> so Pharaoh says no, and then. Things start happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are called what? Plagues. plagues. The plagues. Okay, right? okay. I'm you're so way too quick. You are way too quick. <laughs> okay. Are we? Is this part of the game? This, I'm not prepped. You're, you're not prepped. Okay. Oh so these these are the plagues. So what we're going to do? Our our Catholic trivia about signs and wonders no. is I'm, we're going to go to you know what we're going to do one together first, and then we're we're going to do we're going to do one together. Where I'm going to say one, two, three, and you'll both say your answer. Okay. okay. Right. Um. 
and I am the I am the sole judge. Jesus is judged on the last day, but not right now. Not today. It is, it is me. Um, I, I have a gavel. No, you don't. In my, in my hand. No. Nope. I definitely do. So the last, we're going to go through these, and you're, you're going to each alternate getting a chance to answer which one is the next plague. Ooh. Okay. So to, be, to, to start it off with a little easy one. Yeah. We're going to start off with the last one. Okay. Okay. So on the count of three, you both have to say at the same time, what? No talking to each other. No cheating. Keep your phones in your pockets. No asking Siri. What is the last plague? One, two, three. Death of the firstborn. Yeah, you, of the oh, firstborn you gave that to me. Uh, I don't want your charity, Sam. <laughs> you don't want charity. All right, Sam. Sam has two points. Kyle has one point five. Okay. So Kyle, I'm going to give you a chance to to take to take the lead, actually. Okay. Um, because you uh, ha- already have a. I'm so talented I've, and I've, handsome. I've already docked your uh, your score oh, here. I do appreciate that. Thank you. So, um, the first plague. Yeah. No helping. No Sam. Helping. Okay. What is the first plague? Okay, my instinct is locusts. Your instinct is locust, and that is wrong. Oh uh, Jake gosh. did not do the do the sound effect for the the bad buzzer. Well, um, thank you because my heart just couldn't take it. You got it, that is incorrect, Sam. We'll see if you can steal this. Yeah, point. what do you think it is, Sam? Huh? Silence. Um, Silence is great radio, Sam. I'm sorry, I was thinking. <laughs> um, no thinking allowed. Only answer. Is it? You gotta go first instincts. Go. Isn't there something with the cows dying? Oh my uh, th- that is that is incorrect. That's, no, that's definitely <laughs> no cows. Okay, thanks, oh, Jake. Good... How did Jake's I get the in. sound? He did. Okay, so, so neither wrong. of you got it. The first one is that the water, the lake, turned into blood. Oh, I thought oh, that was like I the didn't second. Know that, that was the first one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, now it's Sam's turn to go first. Oh no. <laughs> What's the second one? I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. Okay. It's not something that y'all have listed already. Okay. Okay. So it's one of the other plagues. Um. Is it the one with the bugs? Uh, you're going to have to be more specific. Like locusts? Like what I said? No, not... not there like, There are other bugs. It's like like the mosquitoes things. No, no, that's incorrect. Dang it. Jake? Thanks, yeah. Jake. Um, like uh, uh, Kyle? <laughs> um, I'm going to say the frogs. It, it, uh, it is the It, it is, is the, the frogs? frogs. I how, thought it was the do frogs. You say- yeah. That's right. So uh, he said frogs. What? That's so exciting. Good job, I was, Kyle. I was going to be real. Like, since I took a, I took a, a, point. I took a point, I was going to give you an extra hint of it's it's an amphibian because it's the only <laughs> amphibian in the list. Um, I'd be like, the tadpoles. It's the tadpoles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, it's your turn again um, because okay. you get to go first this time. What is the third plague uh, in Egypt? Is that the one... Where everybody had to wait in line for their favorite refreshing drink. Uh, that that is that is that is incorrect. I can't um, remember anymore. So, I, I, I will I will say I did not remember this one. Yeah, I didn't preface the game with this. It's not the cows. Is I it? think I would have gotten two of these right. <laughs> so so uh, Sam, what, I think I would have gotten the first and the last one right. Maybe the second to last one if I thought about it. Yeah. But um, Sam, you get a chance. Okay. I I didn't I didn't know this one at all. Okay, I'm just thinking of the Prince of Egypt in that one song, <laughs> and I'm just trying to say the things I remember it's from it. good there. reference. I love that movie. It's such a good so movie. Good, Great okay, hey, that. you're just giving her more time to think. Sam, what's your answer? There's no answer. He hasn't asked a question. No, it's the same, same question. Same. What's the third one? What's Do the I third? get a hint? So it was water in bl- into the blood, and then the frogs, and then... Do I get a hint? Um, I mean, Kyle might hate me if I give you a hint. Wait, is it something we've already said? It's not something you've already said. Okay, that's um, enough of a hint. Three... I got nothing. Two, I got nothing. One. It's lice. I don't remember that Ooh, one. At oh, all. I do remember that. Yeah, because they in Prince of Egypt, they they I remember them scratching their heads. Yeah, but do I they really? That was from yeah. the mosquitoes. They were scratching all over. I don't. I think you're thinking lice. of locusts. Were there mosquitoes? Is that a plague? I'm pretty sure it's not. That, sh- sh- we can't talk about the future. <laughs> it was like bed bugs. All right. Remember bed bu- lice. Um, oh dang it! I I actually don't know what this next one means. I'm gonna okay. look it up. So the next one. <laughs> The next, it's really, it's really None of weird. Us are get these. It's, okay. re- it's really weird. Let's just skip that one. The next one, the what my note says is that the curse was a mixture of wild animals. Yeah, I think that's the cow one. I'm no, thinking no, no, of. No, 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 no. Oh, there's that's a, there's another next, one. There's another. The next. Okay, I'll get the next one away too. Man. The next one is diseased livestock. So like, okay. that's the See, one. I that's remember the, the cow. That's, yeah, over. that's what I remember. But what, and I was so sad because I the, love cows. What's the mixture of wild animals? That's oh, I mean, they're two separate ones. Yeah, yesterday, like yesterday, I went to this Chinese restaurant and I ordered 
like a mixture where, where of animals. I, where I got shrimp and cow and pork and 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 like, I, is that what happened? I think so. Either that, or God just really didn't like animals at that point. He was just like yeah. enough of that. I don't know. All right. So so what we got so far? Water into blood, frogs, lice, a mixture of animals, whatever the heck that means. Chinese food, uh, diseased livestock. Who's whose turn is it? I think it's Sam's turn. Sam. What's I just the next got aren't. It's his turn. Oh, you just it is got mine. what? It is mine. The uh, diseased like, livestock uh, was mine. It, it was wrong. Oh, I thought you said. So it's mine. I thought you said burnt, which is actually a hint. Oh. Um. Oh gosh, not, is there it, fire? It's not exactly. Oh, can it's I not do exactly. It? It's a kind of kind of a hint. It's it, in the same realm. Is it where the fire it got too hot, and then all the Egyptians were like, "It's getting hot in here." <laughs> oh, can I go? That's incorrect. Yeah, is it on. the tornado of fire? Oh, tornado! Of, no, I think that's that definitely Prince, Prince of Egypt. Egypt. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's <laughs> that Disney. movie taught yeah. me Dream, nothing. DreamWorks is failing us this <laughs> evening. <laughs> this is terrible. Boils, boils. Oh, like, so not in all related to fire, Taylor. No, it, come that, on, burn. No, but you didn't Shut say up. boil. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so now it's Sam. Mike. Sam's turn. All right. What's the next one? It At is. this point, we're just like, what's another one? Because exactly. we're getting close to the end. Eventually, we're going to get to Locust. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> this one's Locust. We're going to call it right now. Well, I mean, I'm also going to say Locust. Are we- oh, You're both wrong. Oh. Uh, you want to, you want, the, the next, that, that one was Thunderstorm of Hail. Oh. Actually, I was out at track practice the other day. It was beautiful. And then it started hailing on us while we were at track practice. And then 20 Seriously? minutes later, it was beautiful again. Like, yeah. I got hit in the head with something. And I'm in the middle of this field with no trees around. I'm like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> I was getting hit with hail. All right, what's the next one? Three, two, one. Locust. <laughs> you, you all you all get a point. Yeah. Every, Kyle is currently mm. winning by half a point. Ooh, see that half a point was going to go. come in some I know. point. Oh. 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 That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> all right, school's still in session. You yep. can't, you can't Let leave. my people go. That's what they say. <laughs> go down, Moses. Way down Egypt land. Tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. All right. Uh, the second to last one. We've are, are, so last. currently Kyle is winning by th- by three and a half. So even if even if the order's wrong, I'm gonna let you both answer this one. But you have to answer at the exact same time. Okay. What is the what is the second to last plague? The last plague is the death of the firstborn. The second to last plague is three, two, one. Death darkness. Is it darkness? I remember oh, darkness. Darkness. Right, did you say it. death of a dog? Yeah, I death did. of a dog. Oh my gosh! Is that that was the mixture of animals? How dare you? <laughs> is that in Prince of Egypt as well? No. Mixture of animals. Yeah, uh, oh, Jake. Jake, the producer, is being a great producer and looked up mixture of animals. So it's pretty much. Um, it says the fourth plague of Egypt was a was of creatures capable of harming people and livestock. So it was a bunch of like animals wolves? that could hurt humans and other livestock. So like a wolf mixed with the sheep, and the sheep no longer existed. <laughs> That's what it means. I don't. They probably just came and and hurt them. Okay. Them. <laughs> I'm so, gonna say there's a Hebrew translation somewhere that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I, like, yeah, I the, hope so. The, yeah, yeah, there are people that know Hebrew that are like those guys on this show are idiots. Exactly. All right. So, uh, but we might have we might have time for another game right at the end of the show. But I want I want to make sure we have time to actually talk about this this uh, the signs and wonders idea, right? Because uh, what uh, what our good friend uh, the leprechaun Bob Rice was talking about was that. Signs and wonders almost always prefaced people turning to God. So, like in the ones we were just talking about, uh, with all of these plagues, it, uh, most of us think that it was for the reason of showing Pharaoh God's power, so that so that God or that so that Pharaoh would let the people go, right? Which was the main request. But uh, uh, scripture scholars have looked at these for years, and they said actually these plagues were for the Jewish people. They didn't affect the Jewish people, but they were to show that I am your God, I am powerful, and I am for you, right? That, like, that was the main thing God was after because they were slaves for so long that their entire way of thinking was that they were slaves of Egypt, not the chosen people of God that they had been since Abraham, since hundreds of years before, right? So God was showing them and starting to mold them into, you are going to be my people. You have, first of all, you've always been my people, but in your head, you're going to be, you're going to see yourself as my children, right? So he shows these signs and wonders, all these things we just talked about. And if you know the rest of the story, you know that they, Pharaoh finally lets them go because the death of the firstborn, his son died. He's finally like, fine, get out, right? Your God is powerful. I'm distraught. Get out. 
and they went to the Red Sea. And then Pharaoh was like, well, never mind. I want my slaves back. I want to be able to build things. So he sent his army back out after them, right? And then the sign and the wonder is that God, like God through Moses, split the Red Sea so that people could walk through, right? And then there are just quick synopsis, because I'm sure most of you listening have heard this story a dozen times, right? But the, the point being that these signs and wonders were the first thing that happened before God said, you are my people and I am your God, before he reminded them of what he had told Abraham hundreds of years ago, right? And the next thing that he did when they were wandering the desert is he gave them the Ten Commandments and said, this is how you be my people, right? But before he even, which was a sign and wonder in itself, because Moses brought two tablets up, not iPads, like actual stones, right? Um, the first iPad ever. Thanks, thanks uh, Steve Jobs, for stealing from God, okay? Um, so uh, I think he's still paying royalties to the Lord. Um, but brought the tablets up and God wrote, on them, right? Which, uh, which I, I wish I could see those. I just want to see what God's handwriting's like because yeah. mine's terrible. Yeah, it might be messy. You <laughs> yeah, don't know. yeah, you he's don't like, know. He's like, dang it, I messed up, and he has to erase. Like he just does whatever he wants. Right. But, um, but God continues to make, like before God made Israel this nation that became you know a great nation under under the rule of David and like all these great stories in the Old Testament that we hear. He first started with these signs and wonders, right? Uh, if you if we look in the in the New Testament, in the life of Jesus, like Jesus walks up to, to blind Bartimaeus and he asks him, what do you want from me? This is the man who's been blind for many, many years. And so think about like being blind your whole life and Jesus walks up to you and says, hey, what do you want from me? It's like, well, obviously I don't want to be blind anymore, right? <laughs> but like Jesus knew what he needed, but he still asked him, first of all, because he wanted him to be involved in that, in that, right, in that process. But the sign and the wonder was that Jesus answered his question. He says, Lord, I want to see. And he was able to see not only physically. That was the sign and the wonder first, that he was physically able to see. But then the real, the next step was he sees him as the Lord because he was able to make him not blind anymore, right? And we see all these signs and wonders, um, like all these miracles throughout Scripture. If we had more time, we could list a few more, but you know them, right? You know these great miracles that we've heard. And the big challenge that, I, that I've had on myself for the past couple of weeks that I want to share with you is, are you asking for these signs and wonders in your life? I think so often, this is what I was really convicted of, that um, we have anxiety about asking for these signs and wonders because, and I think it comes from a lack of trust in that God is who he says he is. And that he is just as powerful as the guy who sent these plagues, just as powerful as the guy, uh, just as powerful as he was whenever he raised Jesus from the dead. So this has been Forte Catholic. We'll talk more about this next week. But this has been fun. Check out the podcast. Say it! <laughs>